Welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, January 5th, 2022. I'm Tell Me on a Sunday podcast, Grace Aki. And I'm arts and culture writer, Ashley Steves. As always, make sure they're on our Patreon for Broadway Radio. That's patreon.com slash Broadway Radio. And um, we're actually starting the news with some cute news. It's cute. Uh, it was the first thing <laughs> that was sent to me on Tuesday and oh. absolutely delighted to see it. So kick it off. My dear, dear, Aladdin Tony winner and... Wow, what a perfect person. James Monroe Eichelhart, who was very recently seen in Hamilton, very recently seen on stage for Freestyle Love Supreme, will literally not not be on Broadway because Thank God. he is Broadway's next Billy Flynn, which absolutely shocked me and yet does not shock me at yeah. all uh, for this uh, for the Chicago casting beginning January 17th at the Ambassador Theater. Uh, James Monroe Eichelhart, of course, joins Anna Villafagne as Roxy Hart and Bianca Merokin as Velma Kelly, who... I will say I've said it every time we talk about it. Bianca (laughs) is one of the greatest triple dipple threats there will ever be. And if you have the opportunity to see her perform, you know, you're very, very special because um, she's unstoppable. I've seen her as Roxy Hart, not seen her as Velma Kelly. I've seen her as Anita in West Side, which was mind blowing. So I'm just saying you got now you got to go. I was going to say now I've got to go with all of that, but also with James Monroe Eigelhart, who I adore. Um, mm-hmm. I it, it's one of those things like where I wouldn't have thought to cast him as Billy Flynn. But then when you hear the news, it's like, of course, like that's that's exceptional casting. Of course, he should play Billy Flynn. Um I, I haven't seen Chicago in so long, so this seems like the best opportunity. It seems like the best cast they've had in a while for me to go and see it. Mm-hmm. Just really happy. And we knew, like, we had kind of teased that, uh, like, I didn't know this was coming. Uh, I don't know if anybody else knew this was coming, no. but we knew that there was something bigger down the pipeline for him other than when he left Hamilton, he was going to Freestyle yeah. Love Supreme. That's obviously closed. And we just like heard whispers that something big was coming after that. And this is kind of as big as you can get on Broadway. Let's be real. Yeah. And, and I just, two things. One, this is excellent casting. So love to see mm-hmm. it. Two, James deserves a special Tony for the time that he took me and my gaggle (laughs) of bridesmaids back at Hamilton and entertained us after doing like a two show day. He like I was just like, I'm sorry, but also thank you. (laughs) Um, We were in matching like Sunday tea hats. It was aggressive. I I, I asked slash demanded that everyone wear like high tea attire. Um, And then I surprised them that we were going to Hamilton. So see, fancy. Right. It does make sense. Everything I know about you, you you didn't even have to tell (laughs) that story. And I just sort of predicted it. I was like, I've been hoarding these antique church hats and uh, you will be wearing them today which did not match anyone's aesthetic but everybody looked amazing so there you go anyways can't wait to see james in this show because he's fantastic to any project that he is a part of uh we have some breaking news as we are recording this actually i don't even know is checking our phone but um i have to talk about it right now because it was just announced that flying over sunset will end its limited engagement on sunday january 16th at lincoln center theater god yeah (laughs) 
talk about, you know, bre- breaking, truly breaking news. Truly um, breaking to the extent that the producer had not even seen the news yet. So there you go. Um, I am so sorry to anyone that had not gotten the opportunity to see the show that wanted to. Yeah, um, that, it's me. It, it, we knew it was going to be uh, short, but again, you have until Sunday, January 16th, yeah. if you want to see the show. Uh, that's all the information I have right now is like an infographic. So, oh, say that, yeah. um, I am I am so sorry to announce that to everyone that's been a part of that process, Very all the cast and crew and anyone that has gotten gotten to be employed finally after such a yeah. long hiatus. That yeah. is really heartbreaking. And I have a friend show, of that show and and this yeah. show had been announced a while ago too. I mean, obviously right. since pre pandemic. So everyone had been sitting on it for a while. Sorry to your friend and everybody else that's in the cast or part of the show. I this yeah. this is uh, you know, we talked about the show and the reviews came out and this is I I dis- I was disappointed to see the reviews. I still haven't gotten to see it. I will absolutely see it next week because I'm not gonna miss it. Um but it, it does seem like one of those things that people are still still really mixed on. And I think the most predominant comment I've heard about it is that it's it should have been cut down to like an hour and a half. Like there was a good hour and a half of material in there. Um, it, yeah, always sad to see a show close. Always see, sad to see a show close this quickly. Um, but we know other shows are going to be going into the Beaumont after that. So... I guess hopefully we don't see a shutdown long enough where that doesn't impede that. Yeah, I um my my heart is obviously with all these people that are not going to have a job after that date. And yeah. I hope that they have a swift financial recovery is also like mental Always. and physical. Mm-hmm. This has been a very scary time. Yeah. And I can't I am not in the place of all these actors and, and technicians that are going through this. So uh, a lot of empathy. Please throw your empathy, uh, regardless of what critics say or what your opinion of the show is. These are these people's lives. So just Absolutely. be kind. That's all I want to say. Um, so uh, let's talk about empathy some more. Paradise Square is coming to Broadway later than originally announced. Uh, the production was originally set to begin previews February 22nd, but will now begin on March 15th ahead of an April 3rd opening night at the Barrymore Theater. The company was set to begin rehearsals this week, but they are now postponing, obviously. Uh, the Tony uh, the, the Tony should have gone to Jakina Calacango, let's be honest. Yep. Um, we, we, we say this all the time, but she's phenomenal in the show and she leads the cast along with Chilena Kennedy. Kennedy, John Dossett, who I, I want to say this because I don't think I talked about maybe I did talk about it before. John Dossett belongs in shows as villains in this particular time period. Turn of the century. Everyone is angry about union organizing. John Dossett <laughs> is the perfect villain and he is living his best newsy life in this show once again. Um, Sidney DuPont and AJ Shively uh, join him in the show as well. So it, they're still coming to Broadway. Coming. I know there were some rumors that there, I don't know uh, what was going on with the show, but um, yeah, we, we uh, wish them the best of luck uh, ahead of their April 5th or March 15th. Okay. I'm still excited to see it when it comes. I yeah. mean, this is another situation and we're going to talk about more COVID news coming up. It's a situation of safety. It's a situation mm-hmm. of a lot of things um, and shows that are delaying right now are making the smart decision. And that's like, I want to make that clear. I think a lot of shows are kind of uh, understandingly hesitant to do so 
because of the financial implications and the work implications and everything. And just as you mentioned, like the mental and physical toll of it all after a thousand month shutdown, like everyone wants to be back at work and shutting down again is just going to be emotionally, physically, financially, mentally, everything exhausting, psychologically exhausting. Um, But the shows that are making sure that everyone is safe and taking all the precautions they can delaying a little bit like they're doing the right thing and i know it doesn't feel like it but i know i know they're doing the right thing and then it also is the fact that these people aren't going to have rehearsal pay for a month so it's (laughs) it's incredibly it's incredibly difficult and there's no understating that again of like that decision of are we paying our actors or and we're going to keep on going on or do we make sure our actors are safe and we shut down for a bit? Like that's unfortunately the decision right now. Right. So I, again, we're, we're going to always be transparent about what's going on in COVID news and we have even more. So as we record this episode as well, Little Shop of Horrors Off-Broadway announced via their social media outlets that this evening's performance, this as in Tuesday night, uh, performance of Little Shop of Horrors has been canceled due to the detection of a positive COVID-19 case in the company performances are scheduled to resume Wednesday, January 5th at 7 p.m. and all tickets will be refunded at this at point of purchase. Um, <sighs> my yeah. my dear, dear friend Mel, who uh, lives in Berlin, Sherman, she is in town at mm-hmm. least th- this week um, to see shows for her first trip, obviously, since pre-pandemic. And it's it used to be like a yearly trip and we'd get together and we'd go to the Village Vanguard and all that and she'd Aww. see a bunch of shows. She's and she's a massive Christian Borel fan. Uh, she was supposed mm. to go to the show on Tuesday night, and I am just absolutely so sad and dev- And she tried to go to company the other night, and Patty Lapone was out, so she went to company, but Patty Lapone was out, so she's going to try and see it on Thursday. Like all, it, it, it's we we keep talking about like the tourism level, and we're going to talk about grosses soon, as far as like the holiday week mm-hmm. and kind of how that's all been affected. And it just kind of like that anecdote really just kind of <laughs> amplifies mm-hmm. the fact of how difficult it is to both see and put on theater right now. And I just I feel so bad for everybody. And I, you know, I've got a friend who's uh, internet writer friend who's in the been in and out of the ER and has been like trying to get to company. Oh. And it's just like rescheduling for everything is a mess right now. It's one of a billion reasons why I'm thrilled that I'm a professional and get comps because I would be tearing my hair out at all the rescheduling and everything that's going on. It's just exhausting. I, like I said, I, I feel mm-hmm. so bad for everybody on both sides of this right now. Yeah. I'm thinking about these people in the box offices that are getting a million oh, yeah. angry phone calls and it's like, th- this thing. is not their fault. Yeah. <laughs> Please that's be thing. kind. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, let's, let's continue to lead with positivity. So in, in COVID news, at least. So <laughs> Broadway in Chicago announced today that food and beverage concessions will not be sold and eating and drinking is not permitted inside their theaters. If you choose to not abide by these protocols, you will not be allowed admittance to any of the Broadway and Chicago theaters as COVID numbers surge in major cities, theaters and theater companies are taking every means necessary that they hopefully can to ensure the safety of patrons and staff. For especially Broadway and Chicago, many of these shows 
that are here, um, here as in, cause I'm physically in Chicago right now. Um, they have these like two week engagements, some longer, some shorter, sure. Um, but certainly not like months and months of sit downs. Right. Yeah. So it's really imperative that they're able to maintain and sustain attendance safely. And, yeah. um, I appreciate that. I also had, to, I have to make a little giggle though, because there, one part of this statement was, um, if you choose to not abide by these protocols, you will not be allowed attendance. I'm just picturing someone trying to sneak in like vanilla wafers, <laughs> to a show it's very being much like, like a I'll movie theater again yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, gonna so bring, like, I'm gonna bring don't. chipotle into right. whatever theater but i know that's a huge part of revenue like i yeah you know, and i'm gonna course. talk about it later in the show but like i i saw the concession lines at intermission for uh frozen the other day and i was just like wow people are because i'm so scared to remove my mask in a public setting right now um and i appreciate mm-hmm. that people you know that that's a part of the commerce of the theater but i'm also like well so um now they're it's just saying squeaky. no, and like, I hope that that doesn't cost people their jobs, which it will. At <laughs> most, I've been doing is like I don't usually eat in the theater because yeah. I'm I te- usually eat before or right after a show, yeah. um, and also I don't want to you know buy a five dollar bag of M M&M. and Well, uh, that too, buy a five dollar <laughs> like bag of M and M's. No, please, I shove all of them in my mouth simultaneously like a chipmunk. So, God, that but sounds it, so good, right? Oh, but at most, like I'm you know I will get a drink and put the straw under my mask like. That's mm. that's where I'm at. I, I'm not taking my mask off, and, and that was pre Omicron too. Like that's not gonna happen for a bit. Hard pass, hard no. Uh, so let's get into some Broadway gross news. It sounds like I'm saying that Broadway is gross, and it's not. Uh, Broadway, Broadway box news. office, yeah. <laughs> Broadway grosses news. Uh, Broadway box office receipts had a rebound by a. Pretty chunky margin last week, getting all the way up to $26 million from Christmas week's $14 million estimate. Um, that's a week-to-week increase of 87%. To put in perspective, however, this same week in 2020, so pre-pandemic, the box office was sitting at $43 million. And that's even when, you know, that that's a slump. This is a slumpy time um, yeah. post-holiday. So that's, what, $26 million for 30 shows and production is still indicative of how the industry is still very much struggling, even though that was a week-to-week increase of 87%. So we just want to put it in perspective, but also realize that like it's an increase, but it's also like we're still at almost half. Yeah, it's still abysmal is what it is. And again, understandably so. Like Christmas week was really um, grim. So many shows went on hiatus. Yeah, pretty much everything. Well, not even pretty much. Like half the shows did. Yeah. Uh, And, you know, thinking of that, like thinking about half the shows on Broadway technically being closed at a time where it's the height of the tourism season, like – that's really as low as you get. It's good to see it climbing back up. Um, I think we probably got hit the hardest in December. I kind of expect January and February to be a little bit better, both in, both in terms of grosses and just general health. I hope I'm not wrong there um, because so many people got sick in December, self-included, that, you know, hopefully, uh, y- you know, that hopefully the worst of it has passed um at least as far as how shows are handling it i guess and how often these positive cases were turning up simultaneously 
Uh, I don't know if that's going to be the case for general health, but we already know that shows are testing so frequently and we're seeing positive and negative cases crop up on a daily basis. Like we know those numbers pretty much in real time as soon as that information is available and as soon as those results turn positive. Right. So we will uh, continue to keep you updated. We'll be reporting about it forever. Don't worry. (laughs) It's a daily segment now. There you go. So we were uh, sad to learn today that stage and screen icon Joan Copeland, sister of playwright Arthur Miller, has passed away at the age of 99. Um, Like, okay, I I love uh, that this person, like Joan Copeland made her Broadway debut in 1948 um, as Nadine in Sundown Beach, appearing in so many Broadway shows, including including Pal Joey in 1976. And um, she had yeah. such an amazing career. I love, I think it was Broadway World. Um, and I think we put it at the link in the show notes as well. Posted this like beautiful video of her, like still mm-hmm. singing and performing mm-hmm. very yeah. recently. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm glad that we were able, able to remember her this way. And I an also learned a lot about legend. her. An absolute legend. Yeah. Beautiful. So and speaking of legends, just like yesterday, we have more Cheetah Rivera news. Damn the right. Paint the Town Roundabout Gala that is honoring Cheetah Rivera that we've, of course, talked about before, where she's getting the Jason Robards Award for Excellence in Theater, announced today that Sarah Bareilles will perform at this gala held March 7th at 7 p.m. at the Ziegfeld Ballroom in New York City. Of course, like, you know, uh, health and safety permitting, I'm sure that I'm mm-hmm. hopeful that this will still go on. But I would like to know how I can go. Um, I know tickets yeah, are available, right. <laughs> famously. I would just like to say... Call me, beat me if you want to reach me, slide into my DMs because, oh my gosh, I would like to do that. Exactly. Couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, some interesting social news for a popular off-Broadway musical in Mojiland that closed as COVID hit announced that it's headed back to the stage in 2022. The production's official Twitter announced um, with like this like special like teaser video that just said, see yeah. it in 2022, which we are currently in. Um, there is no information from anyone attached to the project that we could find about its validity. So I wonder if this is to get people hyped about that possibility, even though it is a mm-hmm. statement that they will see us in 2022. Um, that I don't know. We don't know if that means a pro shot. We don't know if that means like a run off Broadway again. No dates, casting or venue has been announced at this time. I think this was like a cute like marketing bit because um, I did. We did try today to find out and we got nothing to no so, avail. They're keeping yeah. it really hush hush. I mean, yeah. to be fair, uh, no one knows when, when they're going on stage at this point in 2022. <laughs> so they fair. may very well like because uh, their run they were performing when the shutdown happened. I remember it because I was at the show and there was like a virus segment. Oh, God. That's like the whole like, yeah. And you can you hate for Broadway records. You can listen to the (laughs) album just saying um, of Emojiland. But yeah, it was very and then people like get deleted like it's a very <laughs> oh great absolutely yeah. great at the timing. time i was like oh god oh. Uh, but it's a really fun show and so i hope you get to listen to it but um yeah i hope was... you get to see it i hope it comes back to the stage and it's not just a pro shot i mean i will gladly take both of course as you know <laughs> but would love to i didn't get to see it pre-shutdown uh, i know a yeah. lot of people who really loved it and really enjoyed it so would love the chance to get to see it i'm sure they would love the chance to get back on stage too. Oh, I, I I know it. I know it. 
Um, and two recommendations, this is the final part of the show where we recommend things that will hopefully make you feel good. Uh, the first is a special on Hugh Jackman and the Music Man that aired on CBS Sunday morning. It's a really extensive, beautiful interview with Hugh Jackman featuring like clips from the new Broadway show, um, his journey kind of like throughout the years with the Music Man being on stage, being on Broadway, Boy From Oz, the COVID response, because it literally happened last week of like, you know, how Sutton Foster couldn't go on. And then, uh, of course, like Hugh Jackman being her, you know, the co-star also contracted COVID-19 as well. So um, they do talk about that, which I think is I appreciate that they were being transparent about like the reality of what's going on right now. And, um, but yeah, so, uh, it's, it's a really cute interview. So please, please watch it. It's, it's nice. Um, the second is me and I apologize for like, this is not self-promotion, but I have to, I just really want to talk about it because I, we weren't on the show last week. So I was really fortunate to get to uh, get a last minute seat vacancy to see Frozen last week. And if you heard the interview on the show, if not, go back and listen to it, where I interview F. Michael Haney and Mason Reeves with the national tour of Frozen, the musical. Um, you know, heard, you've heard of them. Yeah. So uh, per normal, not like a, a, a COVID reason, per normal, one of the two leading actors uh, was out. The the girl that was playing Anna, Caroline Interbickler, who's amazing. One of her two covers stepped in to cover um, that role. And I was there for that show. I never thought about how this would impact me. And I got really emotional about it because the the two there's two sets of young girls that play young Anna and Elsa in the show that grow up to obviously be princesses like if you know Frozen if you don't like spoiler alert it happens um, but the two uh, girls that play it the two sets of girls one is uh, an AAPI uh, sister duo the Chan sisters and I never thought about the fact that like I was seeing a Disney princess musical that does not center api stories this is not about this is not mulan this is not like it's set in a you know country that is like predominantly asian nope it's just these two girls grow up to be and then the girl covering anna that i was seeing marina kondo is a japanese american woman and i got to i got so emotional (laughs) singing seeing like Two young Mm. Asian girls grow up to be princesses because normally and the way I have historically seen shows is like sometimes an AAPI or a Latinx or a person of color in general plays like the younger version of a person. But then they grow up to be like a white person like you never get to see that in a leading role. Yeah. And so it was just I got so emotional because I was like, I wonder if there are kids here because there have to be that are seeing themselves for the first time. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was just like, this, this feels crazy that I've never seen this. Like she's not playing Mulan. She's playing Anna in Frozen. And she was fantastic. And there are two people in the orchestra who are wonderful. I love Faith C2. Um, she's a Chinese American uh, woman who has been in literally she's conducted and been the musical director for like Newsies, the tour, Aladdin, like she's worked with Disney forever and Amazing. she was conducting the show. So I'm looking Yay. down and the conductor of the show is also AAPI and there's also an AAPI keyboardist as well attached to the show. It just, I didn't realize how important that representation was. And I was like, oh, people always say representation matters, but like I felt it. No, <laughs> you know? I love so, that. Beautiful. Anyways, 
the point of all that is to say that I made a TikTok about it, which was dorky. <laughs> but if you have a heart, watch it. I don't know. Um, thanks for listening to today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And don't forget about our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at It's Grace Aki. Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at No, This Is Ashley. Thank you guys so much for following along. Stay positive. We will see you tomorrow. Thank you.